Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition. See, whenever you have Monday off, it always throws me. It is the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host, Tyler Crawley, and we got a lot to get to on this morning's pod. Uh, we got to talk about the Case-Shiller Index that came out yesterday. We're going to kind of jump into a little bit more detail. We didn't have all the details in front of me yesterday when we talked about it. So we're also going to talk about consumer confidence that came out yesterday as well. And then we got mortgage demand this morning, as well as, of course, the labor market all happening this week because it is jobs week. On the short work week, it is jobs week. So let's start with, first of all, I noticed that I made the title for the show when I was getting the live broadcast ready. I said, like, home price growth slows along with mortgage demand. And I thought, oh, man, that looks like a really negative headline. But it's not. It's not that negative when you actually break down the numbers that we got from Kay Schiller. Sure, things are still slowing year over year, but we're seeing a lot of positive data looking at month over month, which is just as important, even though the year over year number uh, gets all the attention. So, Year over year, home prices are still positive. So even though we've seen um, negative data from the National Association of Realtors and the FHFA, or no, actually, I don't think the FHFA has shown any negative year over year numbers. Strike that. I take that back. Uh, the uh, The National Association of Realtors has shown negative year over year home price growth for the first time in like 13 years. It has not gotten to Case Schiller. So the S and P. CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, U.S. National Home Price, NSA Index, slowed to 0.7% in March. Now, we're getting pretty close to negative. We're at 0.7. We are now below single digits, uh, which was down from the 2.1% year-over-year increase that we saw in February, and we're now at the lowest level since 2012. But we are still positive. I would have bet... That by March, because this is March's data, Case Shiller is a little, little bit of a lag. <laughs> I know it's June, well, almost June, uh, but we're still talking about March data for Case Shiller. Um, I would have thought we would be in negative territory already, but we are not. And a lot of that is because of the big jump that we saw in March. Home prices jumped 1.3% month over month in March. That is up from the 0.2% increase that we saw in February and the biggest jump since May, 2022. And that's important because if you remember, June is when home prices started to decline month over month. And they declined for seven months. And then February was the first month that we saw positive. And now March, very positive, 1.3%. I mean, if you annualize that, that's over 12%. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Um, it's double digits is my whole point. And so 
that's important to see that big of a jump. But once again, it is the spring buying season, so we are supposed to see big increases like that. But of course, this all goes back to inventory and the lack thereof. And that's why we are, we are now seeing such big price jumps month over month. Um, and this data did beat what economists were expecting. Economists look at the 20-city composite index, which was supposed to see a year-over-year decline of 1.6% with a 0.4% increase month over month. However, home prices only fell to 1.1% annually and were actually up 1.5% month over month. So a big jump month over month. And then this is what got all the headlines. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. This is what you know CNBC ran with everyone was talking about. Craig Lazara, who is the managing director at S&P DJI, was cautiously optimistic about going forward. So he's optimistic, but he didn't want to kind of temper uh, too much enthusiasm. Uh, he said in the release, two months of increasing prices do not a definitive recovery make. But March's results suggest that the decline in home prices that began in June 2022 may have come to an end. So now we've seen two months positive and a big jump up from the first month that was positive. That said, going back to the quote, that that was not him, that was me. Uh, Going back to the quote, he said, quote, that said the challenges posed by current mortgage rates and the continuing possibility of economic weakness are likely to remain a headwind for housing prices for at least the next several months. So he's like, hey, these declines could be over. He's not going out and, you know, quoting or saying the same thing that Emily Bozel said last month from CoreLogic, who said that the home prices had bottomed. He's not saying that, but he's saying, you know what? This could be a sign that the big decline that we've seen for the last seven months, uh, end of last year, a little bit of this year, is over. And we all know that when it comes to real estate, what do they say? It's all about location. All about location. That could not be more true (laughs) than right now because there is quite the difference between the hot housing markets and the ice cold housing markets. In fact, it's a 20% spread between the two. And of course, we're talking about the West and the Southeast. So Miami held on to the top spot for the eighth consecutive month with 7.7% home price appreciation, which is pretty good. I mean, we're all out of the double digits by now, but they're still at 7.7%. Tampa was kind of a distant second at 4.8%, and Charlotte a close third at 4.7%. So Florida still a very hot housing market. On the flip side, looking at the West, Seattle in March overtook San Francisco as the worst housing market in the country with a 12.4% dip year over year. San Francisco kind of close behind down 11.2% and Las Vegas down 5.1%. So if you're looking at the worst market, 12.4% versus the best market, 20% spread between the two. I mean, that just goes to show you how bifurcated this housing market is. Now, a lot of people are arguing that what's happening in the West is eventually going to cause sort of a contagion effect and will make its way to the South. And as someone who's in the South, as someone who's in the housing market in the South, 
I don't see how that's possible because what is keeping home prices elevated, whether we're talking about Florida or even here in North Carolina, it's the lack of inventory. And unless there's some magic way that you're going to cause all these homes to get built, which would then, of course, drop prices, how's that going to happen? I mean, one of the reasons why Seattle and San Francisco in California the reason those places are seeing home price declines is because people are leaving those places. So demand is dropping even more so. Supplies staying constant because there's no building happening in California, really. And so what does basic economics tell us? That prices are going to fall. Meanwhile, in places where people are moving, Florida, North Carolina, places like that, home prices are going up. Sure, we're building, but not at a pace that is keeping up with the migration numbers. So... Yeah, I get it. I mean, I understand that it, it's it's important to look at all these different housing markets, and it is possible that you know we could see what's happening in the West sort of spread to other markets. And I do expect the South to at some point slow down. But based on the inventory levels and the other supporting data, um, it does seem as if the house, which has taken a, I mean, the house, the South has taken a dip, um, but. The idea that we're also going to be down 12%, just no way. I don't see that happening. Um, we also got a big number yesterday, important for the overall economy, that is consumer confidence. So there, in, there is some data in here about housing as well. So consumer confidence fell less than economists were expecting in May. This is according to the latest data from the conference board. The conference board consumer confidence index fell to 102.3. That was down from the March revised number it was revised upward to 103.7 but it does put the index at the lowest level since november of 22 consumer confidence is now down just under a point from the same time last year so economists thought the index was going to fall under 100 to 99 and it did help the number was revised but they did they did think the number was going to be they thought it was going to fall around two and a half points then it actually fell about a point so not only did the upwardly revised number sort of hurt the projections, but even they were wrong about how big the drop was going to be. And of course, this was down across the board. Consumers lost confidence in not only current economic conditions, but future conditions. The present situation index fell to 148.6, down about three points, and the expectations index declined to 71.5, just barely down uh, 0.2 from last month. And it should be noted that the index has now remained below 80 every month since February of 2022, because everyone thinks this recession is coming. You know, there's a funny article in the Wall Street Journal a couple days ago in which they said that a lot of investors are calling their financial advisors and saying, all right, when do we start buying? Because we're, we're constantly being told that we should wait. We got to wait. There's a recession coming. We should wait. When do we start buying? And so it's understandable why the expectations index has decreased and stayed there because everyone is consistently hammered with the idea that a recession is going to happen, which it does seem like it, but it just, it's like, where is it? When is it finally going to happen so we can get through it and then get on the other side of it? And then things will be all rainbows and whatever. Uh, Ottoman, okay, I'm going to have some difficulty pronouncing this last name. Senior Director 
of economics at the conference board. Um, Ottoman Azil Dirham. Azil Azil Dirham. I think I got that right. Ottoman Azil Dirham. The senior director of economics at the conference board said inflation continues to be a problem for consumers, especially on big ticket items, saying in the release, quote, consumers continue to view inflation as a major influence on their view of the U.S. economy. Plans to purchase homes in the next six months held steady in May at around 5.6%, but was still notably down from the 6 to 7% that we saw in the fourth quarter of 2022. Meanwhile, plans to purchase autos and big-ticket appliances ticked up somewhat compared to April. So things are kind of holding steady with housing, which you know kind of makes sense because we did get mortgage data this morning, and not surprisingly, I mean, everyone had to have seen this coming, uh, mortgage demand is down. I mean, interest rates are spiking, or they have been. Uh, I think this week is going to be a good week. But we have seen interest rates get closer and closer to 7%. In fact, the latest data from the Mortgage Bankers Association has the 30-year fixed at 6.91%. Mortgage News Daily had rates above 7% last week. And so, yeah, that's just, there's like a psychological effect with 7%. That as someone who works in the mortgage industry, I can tell you, that you definitely see fewer phone calls when the news is reporting that rates are at 7% versus when they are under 7%. (laughs) There's just, there's something about 7%. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a bigger number than we've seen in in a decade, but there's just something psychological about that, that when people see it, it leads to people being like, eh, I'm not going to go I'm not going to buy a house right now. We're, we're, we're going to wait. And so that's why it's it's very promising that we are seeing some positive movement uh, in the 10-year yield, which we'll get to here in just a second. Um, so mortgage applications to refinance a home, which of course are most sensitive to rate movement, uh, decreased 7% from last week. They are now down 45% from the same week one year ago, which is kind of a big deal because last year at this time, rates were moving up above 5%, I believe. And so the fact that we're still down 50, almost 50% from there really shows you just how little activity there is with um, refis. Um, The overall, or excuse me, applications for a mortgage to purchase a home, there we go, there's the number, dropped 3% for the week and we're down 31% from one year ago. So... Yeah, I mean, rates really have popped up these last three weeks, and that is really putting some strong downward pressure on people to want to buy a house. But I do think that it can also work the opposite way, where if we see some really positive rate movement this week and possibly next week, that that could sort of push people to want to make that move, buy a home, whatever it may be. Um, So I think there is some pent-up demand. That always happens when you see rates move upwards. So once again, the Mortgage Bankers Association does have rates just under 7%, 6.91%. And here's the good news. This is the good news. So the 10-year, which ended Friday at, at let's see, 3.81%. <laughs> 3.81%. Yesterday, the 10-year fell 12 basis points. Great, great move. 
Uh, and then this morning, the 10-year was down about 4%. Or four percent, four basis points. <laughs> it was negative. It was down four basis points, and so at one point, when I sent my email out this morning, the ten-year was down sixteen basis points from where it closed out on Friday. That's some great news. Uh, however, it has seen a little bit. It has seen a little bit of a move upward this morning. So now it's only down about about two basis points. Uh, but it really is going to all depend on what's happening with the labor market, which we are getting job opening data this morning. That's going to be coming at 10 o'clock. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. I believe they are projecting job openings will fall to 9.35 million. So another drop for job openings. If it's bigger than that, we could see some positive movement from the 10 year. Uh, but of course, it all matters what's going to happen with this debt ceiling debates. There's still... There was some concern it may not get out of the rules committee. It did yesterday on a seven to six vote. Thomas Massey doing the right thing, in my opinion, even though he may be against the debt ceiling. Uh, he said, listen, moving something out of committee is not ideological. Whether you agree with it or not, this committee is really about, is this the purview of the committee? Is this the purview of the House? And if it meets all those parameters, we should move it along. And then have the ideological debate on the House floor. And so Thomas Massey voting with the yes votes to get to 7-6 vote. That goes to the House floor. It could pass today. They're not going to put it to a vote unless they're sure they've locked in the votes. I think they have them because you've seen some congressmen who have come out pretty strongly against it. And I think that they are coming out... I'm... What's the word I'm looking? A little cynical about politics, spending 12 years in talk radio. I know how things work. And usually when people are coming out strongly against something, especially people say in swing districts, they've been given the tap on the shoulder that they, they don't need their vote. That You can come out against it. We got the votes. Uh, McCarthy once again told Hakeem Jeffries that they had 150, meaning that the Democrats have to come up with 68 votes to get to that 218 total to send it to the Senate. And so we will see if there is a vote today. But all eyes will be watching what is happening because if this doesn't pass, we got a problem. <laughs> expect rates to jump up. If it passes the House, gets the Senate, gets to Biden by the end of the week, we could see some real, real positive rate movement, which everyone in real estate especially the mortgage biz, wants to see. Um, all right, you guys enjoy your Tuesday. Well, we got the Jolt Report coming out in about uh, 45 minutes. No, no, that's not right. 35 minutes. <laughs> it's hard to do math. Uh, 35 minutes, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. We'll also give you an update on what's happening with the debt ceiling. We also got the Fed's beige book. That is out at 2 p.m. So we'll get to all of it on Wednesday's edition of markets and mortgages, but you guys enjoy, did I say enjoy your Tuesday? I took Monday off. I don't, I don't know what day it is. Uh, enjoy your Wednesday. We'll see you back here Thursday morning. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs> <laughs>